The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears welcomed the Texans with open arms, took a 23 to 20 last second field goal victory off of those Texans, and now they're two and one. So, what could be better than Victory Monday? Uh, it'd be better if uh, you know the the young Justin Fields was was showing out and showing that he's the man. But hey. Mm-hmm. You know this. This is how it goes. This is the, uh, the the our favorite team is two and one. That's a good thing. You know, no matter how no matter how you slice it, it's better to watch a winning football team than a losing football team. So the development will come as the season progresses. Yeah, it's it's interesting the conversation that's happened around this game. Normally, you know, as as a football fan, your team wins, you feel pretty good. Even if it's ugly, you're like, yeah, but it's ugly. I think that we have framed this season so much around the idea that this is all about Justin Fields, how he looks, what what kind of answers are we going to get from from that? And I think there's frustration that you're not necessarily getting the answers you want. That's for sure. And maybe you're not getting enough information to make a, a proper diagnosis, a proper analysis. And I think that's probably showing through in a lot of the frustration. It is a new offense. It is new pieces around there. There's a lot going on, you know, we, you know, we probably don't know even a portion of the entire story, right? Like we, we know just a little slice of it and, but what we see is pretty frustrating and it's been, it's been uh, three games of futility for, for one part of this football team. And that's frustrating. You know, it is what it is. I mean, there's really nothing we can do. Just, we, we just can, you know, cheer for our team on and, you know, and uh, I mean, right now it's, it's all hope. I mean, we're hoping that the the young guys show out. We're hoping that Justin Fields is the man. I mean, if if Justin Fields goes through this entire season and and he doesn't show that he's he's the guy, I mean, you know, now there's like a whole other year of a reset coming because now they got to find the guy, and I don't think anybody wants that. I think I think we all believe that he has the tools to to be there, but you know, I'm sure we'll get into more on the field report. But there's some uh, there's some bad tape out there for through through three weeks. Yeah, if you're a hater, you've you've got some tape. We'll put it that way. All right, well, let's get into the categories. We start off every episode with the trench tribute, and this year that is sponsored by our partners and our friends at Portillo's. We've been giving out hundred dollar gift cards every week. Although, did we get the last one out yet? The last winner was Ryan Brandes. Uh, he he uh, he commented on our YouTube channel. 
Um, and, and like we're talking about, you can if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, there's the gift card. You know, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, send us an email with your trench tribute to secondcitygridiron at gmail.com. If you're watching us, wherever you're watching us, comment in the comment section who your uh, trench tribute is for the week. And Ryan Brandy's, if you're out there, you won last week, my friend. So, uh, you know, respond to that to that comment I left you on your YouTube. Let us know how to contact you, and we'll get that sent out to you. So I was smart, and I because the the person who won week one took a while to get back to you. No, the person who won the second preseason game took a yeah. while to get back at you. And you gave me the address, and I sent it out like right away. And then you sent me the week one winner right after that. And I did not get that out right away. And then I thought, did I send that out? No, I didn't send that. Did I? Did I not? And I I ended up sending them out. And I thought, I might, I might have given that guy too. But I went through and I counted them all. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this happen again. I'm going to label them oh, with okay. the game. So this is this is ryan's gift card that i'm ryan brand in front of the youtube uh, okay. uh fans here so if you don't claim this you know we're gonna have to throw it in some sort of general pot fund or something but you know, i have an know. idea what to do with that one if it doesn't yeah, we've claimed. got some ideas beef let's go <laughs> <laughs> all right well lester it is your turn to go first this week so who do you want to honor with your trench tribute I'll be honest, it's a hard week this week. The Bears, the running game was outstanding. The defense was pretty good. But when I went back and watched the tape, no one really stood out to me like yep. above and beyond. So, you know, I, I kind of watched it again. And I'm like, man, you know, left guard Cody Whitehair. Ah, that's your guy, too. I'm like, you know, he, he's just, you know, I'm not thinking about him through through a few games here. He's, he's getting his job done. He's... uh you know, he's, he's solid, you know, I mean, I'm not sure what his grade was. I didn't have time to grade the film. Like I said, I was kind of, when I, when I do a grade, I usually have a guy in mind. I want to grade him. I think he's the guy. I, I didn't know who to grade this week. I wasn't sure which was, who was going to be my trans tribute. Um, but yeah, I think Cody Whiter did a good job this week. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's your guy as well. Yeah, I, I actually had the exact same thought was, okay, who do I want to give this to this week? I went through or watched the game and nobody was standing out to me. There wasn't any sort of like splash plays or anything like that. I tried to focus in on, you know, the offensive linemen, try to give them the benefit of the doubt, the right guard splitting reps, you know, the center is what the center is, you know, the tackles, um, you know, I think Braxton played a, a pretty well, uh, but I, you know, he, he didn't necessarily stand out to me. And I just kept coming back to like, well, Cody made his block. Well, well Cody looked good there. Yeah. Well, Co Co Cody made his block. And then when I was diagnosing the running game last week, which I know this isn't last week, but I was doing that for Bears over Beers um, and just how good he was, he looked on those run plays as well. So I think this is half belated um, celebration of Cody Whitehair. And again, he earned it this week as well. Uh, Cody Whitehair getting the double trench tribute from us. And this really kind of raises the question again of what was wrong with Cody Whitehair last year? Was it an injury that was undisclosed that we never found out anything about? Was this maybe his head not in it? Uh, was it, uh, you know, really struggling with the center and, and, and just not 
getting off of his block in time and not feeling comfortable with with working with Mustafer last year. I I really don't know. I mean, I tried out a lot of those theories. Some of them work some of the time, right? I I think the injury the injury idea works all the time, but it, it never there was no injury report on him. So yeah. I don't know what was happening with Cody Whitehair last year, but it looks like he's back to playing good football. We have heard some stuff in the past about Whitehair, how he he overthinks things. You know, we've heard that early in his career. Sometimes he kind of gets in his own, own head. You know, maybe that was going on. I mean, it's 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 tough to tell. You know, like I said, it's all speculation. But you know, from last year to this year, like you said, he he is much better. Do you want to talk a little bit about the right guard situation here? Or do you want to touch on that later in the show? No, do it. I mean, so Coach Eberflus uh, comes out today. I mean, there, there's some chat going on in in the comment section. That's why I wanted to make sure we talk about it here. Is Coach Flew said that Lucas Patrick had a nice week of practice. That's why he was a starter this week at right guard. And Tevin Jenkins came off the bench. And the way they worked the rotations, it seems like it just seemed this week where Jenkins had more reps, 60-some percent, you know, reps this week. Again, that's the way the drives go. You know, you're not going to change alignment in the middle of a drive. You wait till the, the, the next drive, and then he gets his turn. I don't know, man. I, I just think Tevin Jenkins has been a better football player than Lucas Patrick at right guard this whole season. I understand you want to reward them for doing something in practice. But I don't know, man. I, you're already having the rotation, which is already weird as it is. If he's not able to snap and you want to do the rotation one more week, it's fine. I don't know. What are your thoughts about Jenkins, uh, you know, coming off the bench? I mean, he, I, when I watched him, he was fine. I think he, was, he had a better game this week than Patrick, too, so. I really want Patrick back at center. <laughs> Yes. Like let's let's, let's stop get, this let's, charade. Right? Let's get it going, right? Let's like let's move into the line that you want to have out there and 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 start to let that solidify. I want to see what I'm I'm waiting to grade Jenkins on a full game, right? Yeah. I want to see what that looks like. So yeah, I I understand that you're trying to figure out and navigate through a situation that no one wanted. No one wanted Patrick to break his thumb, but here we are. Uh, I just think that you're at the point where mm, you know, I think you need to let Tevin Jenkins have a full have have the full runway, and and Lucas Patrick needs to get snapping, and hopefully that gets figured out with this. You know, one more week of rest uh, uh, on the thumb is is all you need. Yeah, I will say Mustfer has been uh, better than I thought at center. You know, this is not a an indictment on Mustfer. I want to get him out of there, but I do still think that Patrick probably is a better center, better overall offensive lineman. Um, but Mustfer has has surprised me this season. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting your top five out there, it's it's with Patrick at center and Mustafer as your top interior backup yeah. or your top center backup, whatever. Um, and that's it's it's not a not a knock. You know, there's some other guys that are probably better suited that are getting reps that are starting that are you know backup guys that are guys that you, you want for depth on the team, but you don't want them playing all of the reps or two thirds of the reps. Right. So that's really what it comes down to. Um, it's not saying he's a bad player or anything like that. It's just a matter of let's, let's get the best five out there. Yeah. So hopefully this week we'll, we'll bring about that change. Cause that would be, I would like to see what the starting five looks like. We'll put it that way. Exactly. Let's move on to tweet of the week. Uh, I will let you go first on that as well. Okay. Uh, so, so I tweeted out, you know, during the game, you know, someday I'll be able to watch my favorite team execute consistently good offense because you know we all know how the offense looked in the game and then richard mcconnell at our ri chicago one tweeted back and he gets you need to find a way to get justin comfortable uh sure a good ground game is great but some quick easy completions will be great starting point you'd think which is what you see a lot of 
offensive coordinators do with with young quarterbacks is they they scheme them up some looks early. I, I know a, a lot of uh, you know these coordinators they they'll, they'll script their first 15, 20 some odd plays, and you would imagine there's some easy stuff in there for him, whether it be screens, you know, uh, bubble screens, traditional screens to the tailback, tight end screens, which, which we saw in preseason, just something to get the ball coming out of his hand in rhythm. Um, we haven't seen it, you know, and you know maybe that's part of it, but. At the, at the end of the day, though, it's like the run game is so good. So you have to understand why Getsy decides to run a little bit more. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you'd like more balance, but they're two and one. Yeah. And the interesting thing about some of this, I mean, there's a lot of good statistical work out there that shows that play action works even if your ground game isn't. Yeah. And that was my argument with the Matt Nagy era was it doesn't matter if you can't run the ball, which there were times under Nagy that he couldn't and it just, just run play action. Cause it's, it's the, it's the play action fake of it all that the linebackers will bite on. It's not necessarily the, the fact that, Oh, they're running the ball really well. So this is, makes me step up. And what's, what's interesting about a lot of the stuff that the bears want to do, at least what they telegraphed that they wanted to do was a lot of boots. Um, you know, a lot of play action game that, that, you know, brought 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 Justin Fields out and around uh, on a bootleg, and the the defensive ends are all staying home. They're all incredibly dis, and so that has to be a talking point in leading up to the practice. Is like, hey, we're playing the Bears this week. Justin Fields wants to run a lot of play action. He's going to boot out. You un- under no circumstances are to follow that running back. You are going to um, play. You know, set the edge, and you're gonna you're gonna wait for just. You're gonna assume that Justin Fields is running a bootleg here because all of these defensive ends have been incredibly disciplined yeah. and that just doesn't happen when you watch a you know pick a random football game you're not seeing that right you're seeing the end crash down you're seeing undisciplined play and you look at how well the bears are running the football it's particularly in the last two games i mean you know montgomery had a giant game in week two herbert had a giant game in week three you know in in montgomery's place after he got injured you would think just by basic football theory that, well, that would open up all of this play action. It would open up all this bootlegs because they're running the ball so well and they're desperate to stop the run. They are not. They are not desperate. They, they are saying, sure, we'll give you that. We're not going to give you that bootleg. Smart. I mean, you know, at some point the Bears have to counter. You know, what are they going to do right. to counter that? Speaking of counter, are they going to come with a counter? Are they going to do like a, a, a pull to the backside with the garden and kick out that, that end guy that's staying home? You know, you got to find a way to, to, to take advantage of that. And there's things to do it schematically. And I think this this coaching staff will get there at some point. And, you know, but right now they're they're uh, they're not setting the tone, you know, which what you want to see a good offense do. The good offense will dictate the game. You know, and then the defense has to react off them. Right now, it seems like the Bears are a little bit more of, you know, well, you know, they're letting us do this, so let's go ahead and do this. You know, at some point, the offense will get there, but they're not there yet. Yeah, you could do a little short side pull with the, the guard and, and the, you know, kick out that end. You know, there's there's some blocking schemes that you can yeah. do here. Um, we can get real nerdy about offensive line stuff at some point. <laughs> uh, my tweet of the week, uh, I wanted to highlight our, our mutual friend, uh, Luis Medina, who runs the uh, Bleacher Nation Bears. Um, I'm sure people are familiar with with him and, and with his work. Uh, but he reported out that CBS NFL insider Jonathan Jones thinks 
The Bears could be busy at the trade deadline. Quote, expect the Bears to be active in the receiver market in a few weeks before the trade deadline. So the initial thought was this is a Kenny Galladay tweet um, because the Giants are not apparently happy with Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a very expensive player who has not done much with with that, but I, I was curious to hear your thoughts on the Bears being active at the trade deadline to try to get a wide receiver. Is that just uh, I can throw this out there and Chicago fans will eat it up, or do you think there's anything real to this? I think a little bit of both. You know, I think Bears fans all see what's going on here. I mean, Byron Pringle went out with an injury. A report tore he was in a, in a uh, air cast after the game. Uh, they didn't update it. We'll have more updates on injuries on Wednesday. So. I mean, if Pringle's gone, that's one of your starters. They're still missing Harry. Uh, Darnell Mooney hasn't really, you know, taken a step that we all expect him to take. Uh, Pettis, he's just a guy. I mean, it's it's pretty much Darnell Mooney who hasn't done a lot and then a bunch of guys. So uh, I think if there's a, a trade to be made out there, that's not going to, you know, cost too much of, of a pick, you know, similar to the trade with Harry. I think the Bears have to explore it. You know, you need another weapon or two out there. And, you know, yeah, they're more of a run first team, which is, it's fine, but you still got to have some weapons. Yeah, I'm looking for Smith Marset to get a little bit more play here. Uh, you know, he, I saw him on the field a little bit on Sunday, and hopefully he can develop into something more, get him some targets. I mean, it, you know, 45 pass attempts through three games is not really cutting it for anybody. So uh, I'm just, I'm just curious. It, it's, it's a weird. You expect the trade deadline to bring about contenders trying to add a add a piece to put them over the top or to you know to, to try to salvage something because they had a, an injury so let's say let's say the chargers you know the chargers are one and two so you know whatever uh but they just lost their left tackle for the year you know you could see the Chargers saying like hey man we have deep aspirations we need another lineman in here we, we don't have a, a guy here let's go out and try to find a left tackle that's what i kind of see the trade deadline for you know the von miller move last year right i, I don't necessarily see it as this team that has won a couple games, but you know, is not really trying to go, you know, win on a playoff run this year, go out and spend some draft capital to try to find a wide receiver. Like it's that's a little new, but if polls can find value somewhere, cool. Like let's let's see what happens. Yeah, I agree totally. It's a uh, it's one of those things where I think the Bears are gonna be more if they are active, they'll be active as sellers. Maybe Robert Quinn. Maybe Riley Reef, if a team is desperate for a veteran swing tackle, you know, maybe something like that could happen. But you know, at, at this point, again, it's got to be the right deal. And if the right deal comes around, I think Ryan Poles is always looking. I mean, he's a, a young GM trying to make his mark. So I think it's something there he'll, he'll make a move. All right. Well, let's let's get into the stats. Um, I have some fun stuff. So why don't you uh, why don't you start us off? My number this week is a point three three three. And, uh, and and basically that win against the Texans was just the second in Bears history against the Texans. So their record against them is now two and four and that winning percentage of, you know, 33%. Um, that means that the Texans are no longer the most successful franchise against the Bears. Uh, so you, you, do you know who the most successful franchise is now that uh, against the Bears here? No, no, no. Can Bulldogs? Uh, well, I'm a current team. It's actually the Detroit uh, Wolverines, I think, is the, the best. But of the current franchise, you know who the the the, the best team against the Bears is? I, I really don't. I, I'm, I'll, I'll throw a guess out there. I'm just going to assume it's another AFC team, um, and uh, I will I will say the the Patriots. 
New England Patriots. Uh, the Bears are only three and ten against them in the regular season, which is a two thirty one winning percentage against. But that's regular season. We all know what's what happened in the postseason, my friends. What one and one and zero in the one and zero, baby. Yeah. So and and Bears fans have been living off of that for the last. 37 years that's all we've had it's pretty much all they got <laughs> yeah, okay yeah. all right uh that's that's fun um it, i remember that being a big deal two years ago they were the only team in the league that the bears hadn't beat yet so yep. they, they finally got that on, out of the way now that they broke the seal now they're two and oh in the last two so you know no big deal now they're now they're nothing all right my stat is 92 and 99 so in 1936, which is the same year as the Chicago Bears throwback uniforms that they wore yesterday, the team averaged 92 yard pass, 92 yards passing per game. Through three games in the year 2022, the Chicago Bears are averaging 99 yards passing per game. Now I'm using the raw numbers. I'm not taking away the sack numbers, which you'll you'll see lower numbers out there because they're taking away the 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 amount of yards lost for for sacks i could have made that a more dramatic number had i wanted to because it's like 78 and a half um and you know it would be lower but they i they're not taking that away from the 1936 games and so that's not really fair i think it's just you know the sacks didn't exist until 1982 so i'm not i'm not messing with that i'm just i'm just using the 92 99 to try to do apples to apples here and take it with a grain of salt. Let's assume that those are correct statistics. They're probably not the greatest statistics from back then, but that's what we're rolling with. 92 yards a game in 1936 and 99 yards a game in 2022 right now. It's so depressing. It's really, yeah. really bad. It is a really bad stat. But it's uh, I, I, I kind of knew that we were going to, you know, this was going to be just kind of like a, why are you laying it on thick here? So I, I did go down and I calculated that uh, Khalil Herbert has nine explosive runs on only 33 carries. Okay. Whereas David, Mon- which explosive carry is any run that's 10 yards or more. Montgomery has six explosive runs on 45 carries. So that's 27% of his carries for Khalil Herbert and only 13%. For Monty, so so Herbert again. These are all small numbers, small sample size. But Herbert's actually um, he's he's gaining an explosive run on twice as many snaps on a on a per snap basis than Montgomery is. So I thought that that was an interesting stat. Did you see the? I think it was uh, might have been Next Gen Stats. I always forget. It's one of those analytics sites uh, they put out today that you know like 130 some odd yards from Herbert came after contact. Just you know. Just, just running through people, you know, he's hitting the hole so quick, you know, he has good vision, you know, that's, that's what you want to see in this scheme, you know, is you want to see a, a quick hitter. And, uh, you know, that's partly is one of the reasons why I couldn't find a, an offensive lineman. that really, really stood out is because they were just doing their job. And then Herbert would hit the crease and he would hit it hard and he would go. Yeah, exactly. It was nice to see that, you know, and, you know, week one, of course, Montgomery was everyone. Oh, Montgomery is bad. Week two, Montgomery outstanding. You know, it's just, they have different styles and I think both can work in this, in this scheme. And, you know, I mean, again, Montgomery has the injury. They haven't talked about what it is. Uh, Coach Flew said it was a uh, day-to-day thing, but you know, who knows day-to-day could be a couple of weeks as far as, you know, who knows how this regime is going to treat that. And the last regime was everything with day-to-day and it, you know, it never worked out that way. 
I think they can play together really well, right? Yes, I mean, I yeah. think that you could you can see a universe where they're both playing and they're playing well together, and they have different styles that allow you know it kind of increase that you know the the sum of the parts greater than the whole, whatever that you mm-hmm. know. That, them together makes a lot of sense because they're complementary. So I'd be really, I'm hopeful Monty comes back and he's healthy and you can get into, you can settle into a good rotation. I do think that that carry split needs to um, be a little bit more equal though, because if you've got a guy who is an explosive run waiting to happen, you got to make sure you get him the ball more often. Um, And he, he showed you in this game that he's able to do that. I mean, six explosive runs, is is a heck of a game and you, you need to make sure that you're you're out there and the 50 that 52 yarder was a lot of fun we, i want to see more of those yeah do you have the numbers from last year's explosive plays i know under the naggy regime it just wasn't very many especially in the run game there's maybe a couple but i mean i, I gotta imagine they're already approaching last year's numbers as far so as the, I, the run game so i did try to find that but so i the way i learned explosive plays is 10 yards for an explosive run and there's other stat sites that will say it's 15. So that's very different in terms of stats because there's mm-hmm. a lot of 10 to 14 yard runs that I would say is an explosive run that someone else won't. So there's there's some sites out there that had some information, but they use 15 yards. And I just, I, again, that's just not how I learned it. And so to yeah. me, it's always 10. And so um, I like I 10. Yeah, I I like 10 too, because if if you're running 10 yards, I mean, your first down 10 yards, I mean, that's that's an explosive run. So uh, that that's why I don't have that information, because other sites that do have it and it's hard to find. There's not a lot of consistency out there. They always kind of worry about exactly what the information that you're getting is because, well, we have two years of data. And it's like, okay, like, why why is this not recorded regularly? Right. Uh, But but that's that's where I'm at with that. Um, But, you know, the explosive runs were not not nearly as frequent as we've seen them for the, through the first three games and the first game, you know, again, it was in a monsoon. There was only three explosive runs in the game only. That's not bad, but like, you know, relative to the last two games where Herbert had six uh, in this game, Monty had six, the the game before, you know, that that's really impressive. And Herbert had one last game too. So that's a, there's a lot. I mean, Equinemia St. Brown had an explosive run, you know, uh, coming around the edge, uh, 41 yarder, and then Fields had an explosive run as well. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going in this run game. So, let's let's move to Fields. It looks like your dog got sick of this uh, this conversation. So, we'll move to Justin Fields and, and do the Fields report here. <laughs> Another rough game. Uh, you know, it's it's been the talk of the town. Eight for seventeen. 106 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions through three games. He is only at 297 yards. We'd like to see 297 yards in one game, game not yeah. over three. And it's it's tough to you know square what we saw in camp, what we were reading and hearing and, and all this stuff with what we see on the field through the first three weeks. So you know, where are you attributing this slow, very slow, sluggish start to? Is this on Justin Fields? Is this on lack of weapons? I don't think the argument of the lack of protection is is quite there, but, you know, is it an offensive line thing? Is it a Luke Getze play caller thing? Is it a Luke Getze, uh, Getze offensive philosophy thing? Like, where where are you putting this slow start at? 
I think it's got to be a little bit of everything. I mean, it's just a, a perfect storm of suck right now. Is really, uh, you know, it's, it's just there all over the place. And, you know, it's it's three games into the new scheme. It's different than what he was used to, you know, the last year under Nagy. We talk weapons, yeah. you know, it's Mooney and, and some guys. And even Mooney hasn't, you know, really, you know, he's he hasn't looked the best. Cole Komet hasn't looked the best. You know, the run game has been there. And the pass pro, I don't want to fault him too much. I know there's the, the pass block win rate is out there, but that's really kind of a, a weird stat. That's that's more just like the distance, the, the time and the distance between offense, defense. They have these chips in their shoulder pads. It kind of, you know, uh, measures, you know, where the, they are in relation to each other. So it's how quickly the guy can hold his block. It's I, I like it. It's just it's a tool though. It's it's a it's a tool number. It's not a, a be all end all kind of like the grades are. So it's a little bit of everything. I just think that you know this guy has so much potential. So I just think at some point we're going to see it come through. And you know, but but he looked bad. I mean, those are some bad interceptions. You know, really bad decisions, bad reads. Just uh, he's he's got to tighten it up here. And it's it's a it's a scheme thing. But with the, for coaching staff. They don't care about development as far as what they're looking for in the future. They're trying to win games. So winning games is going to mean calling 30-some run plays. They're going to call 30-some run plays. Yeah, you get into the heat of the game, right, the heat of battle, whatever you want to say, and you've got option A, which is not working well, and you've got option B, which is working incredibly well. Which button are you going to keep hitting? You know, you're going to keep hitting B. So you can't really fault uh, someone who's – trying to win a football game by saying like, well, let's keep running the ball. Let's, let's, you know, make them stack the box and then maybe that'll open up something over the top. And they never really did. They never adjusted to that. They, they, you know, continue to play what they play. And if you're having success with it, we'll keep doing it. And, and, and then you get to the end of the game and you look back and you're like, Oh man, he only had 17 passes. Oh geez. That's Okay, well, that's but that's not how you're managing a game. You're not saying, "Hey, man, we've only Justin only has this many passes, and we're we're already in the third quarter. Next next series, make sure that you call three passing plays because yeah. you know we need to make sure we get those numbers up." So there is some of that. I, I think that it's there's so many struggling quarterbacks across the league right now, right? I mean, let's 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 lay that out there. It's yeah. not just second year Justin Fields who's in a new scheme. It's you know future Hall of Famer uh, Russell Wilson you know, can't get his Denver offense going and, and he has Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy to throw to. Right. Uh, you know, maybe Russ is cooked, but you know, who knows, right. It, it, there's, there's a lot going on in Denver that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been to, you know, deep playoff runs. He comes in, he's rusty. You know, he knows that offense. He looked terrible last night, right. As he should, because he was, I don't know, hanging out, you know, they wasn't thinking he was going to play. You know, the other second year quarterbacks that, you know, besides Lawrence are all hurt, um, you know, or Davis Mills, right? <laughs> like, I mean, there's, there's not a lot, it's hard to play quarterback in the national football league. Yeah. And, and so I want to continue to just be, well, you don't have to make this decision now, you know, and, and Robert, again, when we were talking on Robert's show yesterday, uh, Robert was, was bringing it up and, you know, it's time to panic. Where are you at with this? And I'm just like, look, 
if, if anything, let's just give it, this is like a tornado watch situation. That was know? a great analogy. I love that. You, yeah. You, you have some of the, you know, some of the conditions are right for a tornado, right? That, so we're just putting a watch on it. That, that's all this is. It's not a warning. You don't have to seek shelter. You don't have to get into the fetal position. Bears fans, do you all know about, you know, watching your quarterback? That's not where we're at now. We have plenty of rope here. You know, this is the second year of a first round quarterback that, you know, you've committed to for four or five years. That's, this is what happens in this cycle, right? So you've committed to this guy. You'd love to know the answer by the end of the year. Let's hope that we have enough data to make that answer by the end of the year. But, you know, there's so much more season left. We're still in September. I'm still in short sleeves. Like yeah. it's not cold yet. Like let's, it's, it's okay to me. Don't hit the panic button. It, they are crazy low stats. They are worrisome in a lot of respects, but it's three games. Yeah, I mean, as long as he stays healthy. I mean, there's, you know, 14 more games to go. A lot of football left to be played. You know, this, the, you know, they have some winnable games coming up on the schedule. I mean, did you see the list of quarterbacks they have coming up here with Justin Fields? I mean, yeah, Fields does not look good as a quarterback at all, but there's some bad quarterbacks coming up here. So winnable games, you know, it could be a similar uh, game plans coming up. But I was talking to a buddy, you know, after the game, and, you know, Ryan Poles put this team together knowing what, what he had to, he had to, you know, piece together. He has a lot of dead money cap. He knows that next year is where he can really make a big, make a big splash. So fans are all thinking, Oh, they're going to tank. There's no such thing as tanking, you know, this football coaches, football coaches. Yeah. They don't tank, you know, no. coach Fluss, you know, Alan Williams, Luke Getty, they're calling plays. They want to win the game in front of them. They don't give a crap about next season. They're trying to win now. So we're going to see this same stuff, and it's on fields to prove and to show that he's worthy of more of these shot plays that he can do. You remember that Macklemore song, the popping tags? The, Look at you in the, in the pop culture now. Look at this. Well, you, you're the one that knows I, lyrics and knows songs. Yeah. But I heard it the other day. And, you know, it's about like going thrift shopping, right? I mean, that, that that's the that's the whole concept. I'm going to pop some tags, right? Yeah. And it's like he's got $100 and he's trying to buy all this new, these, you know, old clothes or whatever. That was, that was pulls his off season. <laughs> like he's popping tags, man. Like he's, he doesn't have much to go on. He did what he could. You can argue he should have prioritized something different, but, you know, I'm not going to outbid the Jaguars for, for Christian Kirk. I mean, I know Christian Kirk is playing incredibly well, but like, I'm not going to outbid uh, the Jags for, for Christian Kirk. I'm not, they, they would've, he would have killed for that, you know? So it is what it is. You know, we, we knew that that going in, this was a, a reset year in a lot of ways. And on a reset year, your team has given you two wins in September. So, eh, you know, like, let's, let's not, you know, let's not freak out too much. So, all right, let's, so let's take a quick break. Uh, on the other side of this, we'll talk about the three bears. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's really back. We are back. Let it, us talk about hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and the just right. So couple of options here for hot bowl of porridge. We have to make sure that some of these guys get fed. Who you got? I got three names listed, you know, because I wanted to, okay. So uh, <laughs> we already talked about Khalil Herbert, you know, yep. you okay. got to mention Khalil Herbert off the top. Um, I, I knew we'd get to him at some point, but you know, just a phenomenal game. You talked about the explosive runs. Um, so he does, he's deserving of, of a mention here in hot. So why don't you, why don't you go with, with your next guy? All right, so Khalil Herbert, just to put the numbers to it, 20 carries on 157 yards, two touchdowns, six of those carries were explosive runs, explosive runs of 52, 19, 11, 11, 11, and 10. He was just ripping off first down after first down in this game. Um, really impressed by his effort. Just looks like he shot out of a cannon. Curious to see what he can bring in the passing game as well if he gets a longer run here, but um, very impressed with Khalil Herbert and what he can do in this scheme. Uh, the second guy that I had written down was Eddie Jackson. I think okay. we have to we have to give some love to Bojack here. He had a forced fumble. Eddie Jackson had a forced fumble. Um, so real heads up there. Johnny on the spot with the interception. I w- I, I still haven't seen the all twenty two. I, w- I want to see what the end zone z- view looks like because he saw something. I think yeah. he thought he could take it back, uh, but he he had a toe on the line, so he was out for a touchback. But Johnny on the spot there, but he just he looks so natural. He's back in his element here. I think he's he likes his battery mate uh, in, in Jaquan Brisker, and I I know we've talked a lot about Eddie Jackson. Uh, in a good way this year. And I think that my point of bringing him up again is Eddie Jackson's a good football player. Like let's, you know, I know that he got killed for some of the stuff that he said about tackling. I know that some of the things that he did on the field and tackling did not look very good and he had some effort issues, but I think that he looks like he's bought into this philosophy. He looks like he's playing really good football. And that is to me, that's really good for the bears because if they can solidify the secondary, which there's some questions, but if they can solidify this secondary um, with uh, some better corner play there, it's going to be the strength of their team. You mentioned the buy-in and I think we kind of saw that happen in a training camp with, I think it was the first day you were there. He got called out pretty loudly by his coaching staff for, for not, you know, doing the hits philosophy, not going all out, not going to the ball. You know, they called him out by number. Um, so I think that, you know, that, that, that cha- it takes a while. The culture of, of that takes a while to change. And, you know, I kind of think we kind of saw the entire, as training camp, training camp progressed, those defensive, defensive players, you know, they really bought in. And Eddie Jackson buying in, he, he's an all-pro talent, a Pro Bowl talent. And, you know, he has a couple picks now. He has the forced fumble. You know, he's, he's playing more physical. He's being used a little more in center field. I think he's being used in different ways. I think I, we saw him again this week where they did a single high stuff with Brisker and Jackson was the, uh, was, was the, the robber safety again. So it's like, I think he's having fun playing football. I think he likes the scheme and yeah, I think that's a, uh, it's, that's a good pick for, for the hot this week. You got another name. Keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's go. We got to go Roquan Smith. I mean, 16 yep. tackles, you know, the, the, the interception, it was a tip ball by, by Angelo Blackson, but still that was a great read by Roquan. Even if it wasn't tipped, I think he would have had a chance to get there. Um, you know, he, he, he was getting questioned a lot 
a week ago. And, and we talked about it on the show. It's his second game in a new scheme, second game as, as the weak side linebacker. It's a different, different job than what he's used to in the 3-4 with, with Fanjo, with, with those guys. So different responsibilities. He missed all of camp with his hold in. He wasn't on the field with, with his teammates. He's in shape. He's healthy. He missed all week with a hip, but he came out there and went nuts. I mean, he was he was scraping across the line and he was attacking, which what you want to see out of that position. So we, we had to mention Roquan Smith here too. That was my third name. Did you have another one? You just wanted I, I to do have him? another Keep name. Feeding Let, Keep feeding them. Let's go Cairo Santos. I mean, oh, he, he, well, okay. He, he won the game. You know, I mean, he was he made a 50 yarder. You know, the 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 game winner was a chip shot. I mean, that wasn't easy, but still mental. Hey, it's, it's a, you know, a couple seconds on the clock. You got to make that hit, but he hit a 50 yarder as well. So you know, let's, let's give the, the special teamer some love too. Oh, he, he was my just right. So that's okay. Uh, so I agree. He needs, he needs, I just had him here because of the 50 yarder. I mean, he, I think yeah, in, his he career, nailed the 50 in his career, he's like 11 of 20 some odd in uh, over 50 yards. So yeah, I kind of low line drive uh, kick there was able to fit it in between the uprights kind of in a corner. So uh, yeah, absolutely wanted to make sure we mentioned Santos at some point. So uh, cold bowl of porridge on the other side of this, I have three names learning for this one too. So who do you have first? I just got one. I'm going to go with uh, coach Matt Eberflus and his, uh, his end of the second half clock management. Okay. Uh, I was just not happy with this. It was horrendous. So the Texans call timeout. Okay. The bears had a third and one and, and Lovey's trying to get something going for his, his team, obviously. And, it's on the 19. So you, so you, you got to see what happens here. 46 seconds left, but Herbert goes for nine yards. You know, he rips it off. Uh, the play ends there. You know, at that point, there's 40 seconds in the clock. You know, you could have took your time out there. Now you would have had three timeouts left. I just think there was a chance to do something there because Lovey already gave you a basically a free timeout. You know, force the Texans into a prevent because that's what they're going to do at that situation. You're going to play a, a two deep shell, something like that. You know, fields can work in the middle of the field still. You have two timeouts. You know, it's, it's, he has options. And, and like I said, Santos already made a 50 yarder. So you're only looking, you have to get about, you know, 20, 30 yards with 40 seconds, two timeouts. I just think he was coaching scared at that point. I understood it when he was backed up against his own, his, his own end zone. But, you know, once he got out there, once he had a couple nice runs, Play to win the game. Don't coach scared. These these moments are important for a young team. Would have been good to see how they uh, they developed and they would have uh, jumped to the to the forefront and see how they're gonna how they're gonna take on that moment. Seconds left in the in the half. Scared money don't make money. There it is. <laughs> I like that. Uh, all right. Well, I think that we have to at least mention Justin Fields. You know, yeah. it's another poor performance. You need to at least mention that. You know, this is a cold bowl candidate here. Um, I also just had cornerback play, which to me was was uh, Kyler Gordon and Kendall Vildor had rough games. Uh, I, and, and Gordon, I don't know. They kind of went back and forth. You know, Vildor kind of was rough to start, and then Gordon kind of took over the roughness. Uh, they got beat a lot. Looked like they're pretty confused. They, you know, they need to kind of figure that out. Putting a lot on a rookie. You know, in in terms of Gordon, you're putting a lot on him to expect him to play outside and inside. That was what was talked about a lot in the preseason and in camp. So, hey, we love this guy's versatility. We love that we can drop him down. You know, they talked him up just how smart he is and how he, he's going to be able to handle it. He really hasn't so far. Yeah. It, it's it's been it's been rough for him. Again, 
tons of talent. It's a corner. It is to me, that is the hardest position to learn in, in, in the NFL. So I'm not surprised that he's having issues like that, that, that. None of that's not what I'm saying, but it's been a rough start. And to be fair, that's what this category is all about is recognition of not a good game. You know, we need to need to step it up. So I wanted to call that out as well. Yeah. He, he's had a rough, uh, rough start to a season. He's had some nice moments, you know, but he's had some really bad moments. So what you're expecting this out of a rookie. Um, you know, they asked uh, Coach Iberflus today about it. I didn't catch who asked the question, but they asked if they thought he had too much on his plate as a rookie. You know, and he, he said they'll evaluate it. But, you know, it's – look at the roster. I mean, he's he, he needs to be out there. He's probably the best fit there. You know, the fact that he can go inside and, and play some 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 slot stuff is, is good for his development. It's It's strange because, you know – who else would be in that spot? I mean, Vildor hadn't shown that he could do it. He's got to be outside. Do you understand moving him in? Do you just let him be solely nickel when you think he's probably better as an outside guy too? I mean, you feel he's your best guy outside, so you start him there, but he's also your best slot guy, so you, so you let him play there. So it's a tough situation. You know, I think uh, this this defense of the secondary is maybe one more year away, unless Gordon really – unless it clicks, which it, it might click. I mean, he's he's a young corner. Who knows? Well, and Jalen Johnson was hurt this game, so that really opened yeah, that, that up. Yeah. Jalen Johnson was quoted last year about – or not last year, last week about how he hadn't had any targets against him yet and how he felt like when he was a rookie, he was constantly getting peppered with targets and they weren't throwing at Kyle Fuller. And so he's like, yeah, it just is what it is. When you're a rookie, they're going to go after you until you kind of you know get used you know to the play and you step up and you start making plays. And so Gordon's going to see plenty of work. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's going to see plenty of work until he can sh- prove that he can shut that down. Let's hope that Johnson can come back. Um, that, that secondary is a lot stronger with him shutting down a side of the field, <laughs> you know, whatever way you want to cook it. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a better situation. I like Gordon outside, you know, polls had a plan at nickel. Like he brought in Tavon young to compete with Thomas Graham. Both of those guys got hurt. Both of those guys don't play for the bears this year. Right. So, I mean, maybe you can criticize, cutting Graham and putting him on the practice squad and allowing him to get uh, uh, pulled, pulled on to another active roster, but they see him every day. They know if he's a culture fit, that's not a guy that they, the, the, you know, Ryan polls is, uh, or, you know, regime drafted. So I'm not going to criticize him for that because he may, they may not just have thought he was a fit, but that was the plan coming in was they had two nickel guys and they were going to let Gordon work outside. This was their third option. And, it's looking like a third option right now, but that's because he's a rookie. And I'm, I'm not going to be down on him. Tyler Gordon could be, you know, one of the best corners this team's ever seen. It's a three week start. So I, again, that's what this category is for. Just right. I've already said it. Cairo Santos for me, three for three field goals, including that 50 yarder quietly, right? Like you, you didn't even think about him when Roquan got that pick. You looked at the clock. You looked at the timeouts for the Texans. You said, okay, like this game's over. Like they got, it. I had no worry in the world. Like someone on Twitter is like, "Oh, I was still holding my breath. I was nervous." I was like, "I wasn't. We got his money. Like, yeah, he's been money yeah, this fine. whole uh, since he's been a bear. He's been good." So, so I had him there. What? Who did you have? So, like I said, I was watching the trenches a lot. You know, when I went back and rewatched the game, I watched it a couple times, and no one really stood out. Like you know, so that's why I went with White Hair is steady. You know, Cody White Hair, but for the just right, there was another steady guy, and this guy on the defensive side of the ball, and I think he had his best game so far as a bear. And that's Al Quidim Muhammad. Uh, just solid, you know, nothing spectacular, but he had four tackles. He had a forced fumble. 
Um, he played 61% of the snaps on defense, which I would still like to see that number come down. I, I want to see more, more uh, Dominique Robinson, more Travis Gibson. You know, but you know they talked about Muhammad's strength is against the run, and I he's solid there. I mean, the Bears' uh, run defense improved over the Packer game. You know, the the Texans wanted to run the ball, and they did a pretty good job against him. So I got to go with uh, with with Muhammad as the just right this week. Yep, nice and guy that's gotten kind of a lot of flack because the guys behind him, you know, Bears fans are excited about. This is a free agent coming in with the, you know, head coach. Right. Like this is one of the guys that can bring the system with him. They're playing favorites. Right. Right. There's a little bit of that. And it's like, you know, all four of those guys are going to get a lot of reps. You'd maybe like to see the balance redistributed a little bit more uh, to where it's a little more even because we want to see a little bit more on 99. I want to see a little bit more on 91. Right. Like that's that's kind of what all the Bears fans are thinking, because those guys we know are going to be part of the future. But. Good bounce back week for him because he had necessarily all that good. Like I said, nothing splashy, nothing spectacular. But you know, you go back and watch tape. He did his job. You know, he he he's the backside contain on some of those plays. You know, it's his job to force things back inside as the edge defender. Did his job. You know, it's it is what it is this week. Well, let's get out of here. Anything that you want to talk about in terms of what's coming up this week on the website? Anything that you want to plug? Uh, for what we have been doing on the podcast channel or on Second City Gridiron YouTube, we do. Uh, you guys have watched me on the uh, T Formation Conversation. This is my uh, it's more injury injury report kind of thing during the season. I've had uh, Mason West on with me, Doctor Mason West, uh, giving a lot of insight. So so Mason's actually going to debut his own show this uh, Thursday at five o'clock uh, five o'clock uh, this afternoon. Uh, evening wherever you are, depending where you are, five o'clock Central, I should say. It's him, Danny Meehan, who you guys who listen to the pod channel, you see him a lot. He's a co-host of the draft cast with Jacob and Ponce. He's done some other guest spots for us, but Mason's going to have a show. It's going to be focused on um, bears injuries. Yes, but also around the NFL. So you guys are like play fantasy football, um, gamble from time to time, you know, make sure you guys check that out because they're going to talk about some uh, league wide injuries on that show as well on uh, Thursday at five o'clock central. Good stuff. Got a lot of other good shows that are coming at you every week as well. Bill Zimmerman's always got a good guest. Taylor's killing it on Making Monsters. Really fun series that she's developing there. EJ and I are getting into the swing of things. We'll tighten it up a little bit. I went way overboard on my analysis of Dave Montgomery. I just got excited. You're excited, yeah. I'm excited. Um, I I think that I can probably share this, that one of us is going to break down the other running back and um, let's just say that I, I got a text that said I wasn't allowed to uh, to break down running backs this week. So it, for those of you that want to hear EJ break down Khalil Herbert, that'll be that'll be coming up in Bears Over Beers. It might actually be tomorrow night, not Wednesday night, because I have uh, I have a conference I have to go to. So just uh, stay tuned there. Um, we, we may have to run this tomorrow night and we may be conflicting with with Robert's all 22 breakdown, but it'll be recorded for those of you that want to want to do the all 22 and, and go over uh, and listen to us later. And then, of course, you know, it'll be released as a podcast. So um, looking forward to that. A lot of a lot of cool stuff. You know, we're 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 now we're on the treadmill, man, like every week. You know, it's just we just keep running, you know, maybe take take a swig of water on Fridays and then we just kind of kind of keep going. So a uh, lot going on at the site, a lot going on in Second City Gridiron, a lot going on in the podcast channel. Um, if you want a hundred dollar gift card to Portillo's reply to us on the, on Twitter, reply to us, you know, to reply to this video on second city, send Lester an email at 
2ndcitygridiron at gmail.com um, or make a comment on the website, on the article. We'll, we would post an article for all of our, our our stuff as well. So just just put it there so that we can count it up. I do a rant. Lester sends me, uh, here's how many entries we have. Yep. I do a random number generator. I take a screenshot. I send it back. Super high-tech stuff, but that's so that you know that neither one of us is trying to cook the books and pick who we want to win. So just it's 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 on the up and up, but enter for your chance to win. Um, Portillo's, everybody needs a little more Portillo's in their life. So we will get out of here. We'll uh, answer a few questions on the YouTube, but for the podcast, thanks for joining us, everybody. And until next week, bear down. Yeah. <laughs>